The contents of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, welcome to another edition of Health Kick. I'm Tim Boreham. Today's topic is pain. Not so much about getting rid of it per se, but how to measure it in the first place so it can be treated. For most people, conveying pain is simple enough because we can verbalise the level of discomfort we feel. Anything from uh, ouch to that really, really hurt. But there are two segments of society where that's not possible. Kids that haven't learned to talk yet and older people with dementia or other forms of cognitive impairment. Now, the ASX-listed pain check is tackling the problem with an automated tool to measure pain based on the patient's facial features. The tool, which is also called pain check, has won federal government support and is being rolled out across nursing homes as we speak. Now, I've got pain check's chief executive, Philip Daffis, with me to tell me more. Uh, welcome, Phil. Thank you, Tim. Good to, good to be here. Oh, thanks for coming. Um, now, pain check, it, it sounds like it's, it's a really good idea and, 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 and actually pretty simple as well. So I, I guess, uh, why, why didn't anyone think of it before? Well, I guess it was thought of before. Um, in fact, many years ago, this, is, this, this issue has been um, raised many times by geriatric societies, for example. Um, and there have been pain assessment tools, paper-based tools, for many years. Um, but th these tools are basically very subjective, um, open to inter different interpretations, and and rarely use the point of care. So what we did in 2012 or 2013, as part of a research project at Kirk University, we identified that it was time there was something that was more, more effective um, and more applicable to the, to the situation, especially with the increase in dementia. So we went about, or the Curtin University research team went about finding a better tool and a better method using AI technology and modern technology to actually address this problem. Okay, okay. And it's all, it's all cloud-based, isn't it? So the, the data can be, they are the nursing people or the carers can, can take the uh, recordings and, and it can be stored uh, centrally so that, that they can uh, keep track of the, the patient's uh, progress. Pain levels. Absolutely. In fact, the way if you think about the way the way you assess pain for people who can't verbalize, it's it's multidimensional. So you have to look at their face, assess their voice and body movements and behaviors, um, and it's sort of in, in a in a in a multidisciplinary process. And what we have done is we've taken that sort of those guidelines and learnings over many many years of how to do this. And what we've done is. We've used, we're using camera technology in AI to do the facial assessment part automatically, therefore picking up, the, picking up which of the nine microfacial features of pain are present in that person. And then, we, then we're using a binary guided checklist to guide a carer to actually assess the other dimensions such as voice, behaviours and movements. And this is all on a smart device. It's all done at the point of care. So it's done by the resident on a smart device, a phone, 
uh, or a tablet, and it's all recorded, and then and then as you say, through the cloud, stored into their backend documentation systems. Mm, okay, I said in the intro that uh, it, it measured the facial features, but it's it, it's actually more, isn't it? How, how many how many uh, features in all? Uh, uh, how many points of input does it uh, take in? In total, it's forty-four points of input, of which those, mm. and nine of those are the face. So either there are nine microfacial features of, of of pain or that indicate pain, should I say? Um, and we run a three-second video of the face. So what happens? The camera finds the face first. When it's, when it's found a face, that it lights up to say, "Carry on the test." And then once you press the button, it runs a three-second video of that face. It records a number of, of, of effectively photographs of the face. And then the AI assesses which of those nine microfacial features of pain are present. Things like um, wrinkling the nose, um, pulling cheeks, pulling at the cheeks, um, furrowing the eyebrows. There are, there are, these are all well documented in the literature. Well, grimacing, I guess, that there'd be grimaces, wouldn't there? Well, grimace is actually, it's not a microfacial feature. It's, um, oh, okay. it's, it's, a, it's a real, a lot, of these, a lot of these small microfacial features are not observable by the eye. That's the whole point. Okay. And then therefore what we're doing is picking up something that the eye often can't see. And then we and then we look at the combination of them. So there's, there's either none or one or two or three or four or five. Or you know either six or seven. So so we're actually assessing those all at one time, and then the more there are, this is a cumulative scale. The more of those elements that are present, the more likely you're in pain, and so therefore it's a cumulative score, uh, and then it's and it's divided into no pain, mild pain, moderate or severe, based upon the cumulative score, the overall assessments. Mm, okay. Okay. Great. And, and at this stage, uh, how many nursing homes are, are you rolled out to, and um, h- how many uh, how many residents uh, have been assessed? Well, we've actually got uh, now we've now got over seven hundred aged care facilities with pain check licences. Um, so that's 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 around twenty five percent of them of the market. Um, and in total beds, we have over sixty thousand beds. Um, license to use PainCheck. Again, that's more than 25% of the aged care market. Um, and, we, we, and we've rolled out to about 30,000 of those already. And each, each week and each month, we're rolling out more and more. So it's been, it's, been a, it's, it's, it's been in a short period of time, around two years, we've gone from 0% of the market to around 25%. In fact, I would say we're the most commonly um, used or most common licensed medical software um, now used in aged care in Australia. And you can do it at a social distance, can't you? So they can be taken you know, more than 1.5 metres away. Absolutely. In fact, what happened during COVID is that it became, in fact, we've just written a paper that's that's been released at the Dementia Conference in late September um, that talks about COVID-19, the perfect storm. That, and and, and the, the round is that, that it increases the need for pain assessment because if somebody's in pain, an, an older resident in pain, it means their immune system is suppressed. So therefore, they're more likely at risk. Yes. Um, secondly, when you, so, so therefore pain, becomes, pain assessment becomes even more important in these moments. And secondly, because we can do this from a, a say, social, we call it a social caring distance, um, from up to three meters away, then we can do the facial assessment, do the whole assessment at the points of care. There's no paperwork involved. It's all stored say, in, in the cloud, and therefore it's safer both for the residents and for the carer in aged care. 
Yeah, okay. So you saying it might actually be able to detect COVID-19 cases, which uh, otherwise aren't? I wouldn't say detect COVID-19 cases, but we can detect people who are, say, more more susceptible to 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 um being impacted by the virus. In other words, if you're if if you're in pain, your 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 immune system is suppressed. If your immune system is suppressed, then if you do catch a, a virus or a cold or a flu or COVID nineteen, you you are more vulnerable. That's it. Um, and so, therefore, doing regular pain assessments can actually mean that you can provide better care and and identify residents who are at greater risk. Yeah, okay, okay. And in terms of the rollout, you know, the uh, the 700, you're, you're, you're getting a bit of help, aren't you? Because you, you got uh, quite a good government uh, grant. Uh, I, I think it was $5 million. Uh, Correct. Yeah, yeah. How, how did that come about? Well, it, it's interesting because the Royal Commission in Aged Care, um, as you know, started about a year and a half ago. And we just started providing our product into Aged Care. Um, and we'd already made traction. We've already got to about 5,000 plus beds and in a number of, good number of aged care facilities. And Minister Ken Wyatt was made aware of pain check by, by aged care facilities, actually. Um, and we met with uh, Minister Wyatt a number of times. Um, he, he spoke to them, some of our key users. And the government recognised, federal government, you know, I think we must, must, re, we must really acknowledge this. The federal government recognised that this would actually be a a great boon, a great help in aged care to, to, to provide better care in those facilities and therefore um, funded us for $5 million to roll this out to 100,000 um, dementia beds. So it's, just a, it's a dementia grant, actually. It's under the dementia um, sector. Um, and it's for a one-year period to roll out to 100,000 beds um, in, in dementia care and in aged care. Oh, so, right. okay. Yeah. Um, that was approved last June. Um, and actually, we actually got the agreement in December finalised. Um, but what happened with COVID-19, because of the impact and the aged care shutdown for, for a period, they extended the grant for another six months. So this grant now runs through till May um, 2021. Um, and so therefore, we're still targeting to get to those 100,000 dementia beds by that time. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. And what proportion of the uh, total market is that, that the 100,000 beds? That's around um, that's around fifty percent of the market. Okay, so you're sort of getting a pretty serious market share then. Correct. Oh, correct. And and the point about when we roll this out, we don't just allocate it to the dementia beds. We make this available to. In fact, the grant has been expanded somewhat to, for all all residents with cognitive impairment. So actually, we worked out there's about sixty to sixty five percent of residents in aged care with cognitive impairment. So, so it's, it's accessibility is to a broader number. And when we roll this out, we, we actually sign up licenses for all beds because you never know, you never know the mix of residents at any one time. So pain check is applicable and usable across all beds in an aged care facility. Uh, this first year, the government are funding for the dementia beds um, and cognitive impairment beds. But the second and third years of these contracts we've signed up for all beds covering an aged care facility. So it's a big investment by everyone, but it's really making significant improvements in terms of therapeutic treatments, you know, reducing the use of antipsychotics. We're seeing this already, um, you know, better, 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 better treatment for those residents. Um, and we, we're just seeing, you know, overall quality of care improving dramatically. So this is really part of the solution solution for the age the aged care um for aged care commission 
Yeah, okay, okay. And I guess um, in terms of the market, you're not competing with another product per se, but but you're you're competing with the the paper version uh, of uh, of pain assessment um, because it, there is a standard of care, isn't there? Um, Absolutely, the, uh, the Abbey scale. Correct. The Abbey scale is the, is the standard of care. In fact, Jennifer Abbey is actually on our advisory board now. In fact, Jennifer, myself, and Carol Bennett. Carol Bennett's the CEO of Pain Australia. Jennifer Abbey, the inventor of the Abbey Pain Scale, and myself at, our, at the Dementia Conference um, in late September 2020. Um, we're publishing a paper, a joint paper, on the importance of bringing pain check into all aged care facilities. And Jennifer Abbey of the Abbey Pain Scale is, is 150% supportive. She sees this as the evolution of her work. You know, her work was, was superb. Her work was groundbreaking. What we have done is we've effectively intelligently automated the process to make it easy to use. And then what we've done on top of that is we've brought in artificial intelligence to replace the subjectiveness of trying to assess faces. So this is really, I, I use the analogy before, it's, it's like going from a glass mercury thermometer to an electronic one. Yeah? Okay, yeah. That was the paper-based initial fundamental way of doing this, but 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 you know limited at the time due to technology what we have done is basically brought this into the modern day make it digital and of course you know you can and actually one of the great things about this is that we can sell digitally we've been you know we've we've been we've continued to 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 achieve good license growth in the past months during covid and we can implement it digitally all our training materials are online um you know we used to always go to an aged care facility to do the training in fact, we've done more training in the last three or four months online than we did in the previous three months. Sorry, in the last four months, we haven't visited any aged care facility compared to the first three months of this year when we were actually selling and then going into an aged care facility to do the training. So, so actually, the, 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 we, 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 this is a digital revolution, and I think COVID has actually elevated the need for digital technologies to keep people safe and secure during, this, during these difficult periods. Yes, and it's a lot more efficient way of doing the training, isn't it, rather than tra- traipsing out to the uh, facilities all the time. One hundred percent. I mean, what we do, what we used to do, was send a, a specialist who could travel a day or so at you know at everyone's expense to get to the aged care facility. We then have two or three hours with all the nurses because that's all they could afford, and then they, the, our specialist would re- travel back another day or so because we, you know we cover the whole country, right? Now what we're doing is we're just doing smaller numbers of groups for a couple of hours at a time online. So three or four nurses or carers at any one time, followed by another three or four. We're doing it over a full day, deeper diving, getting them to do e-learning modules beforehand and then follow-up training afterwards. So we give it, we're actually training deeper and better. And you know what? It's more efficient and effective for everybody. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. Now we've been uh, so far. We've been discussing the uh, the aged care market, but as as mentioned, uh, the product's also relevant for uh, pre-verbal kids. I guess under the age of uh, I don't know through three or so. Uh, I'm I'm just wondering uh, how do you define that market and, and how does the size of it uh, compare to the uh, uh, to the uh, aged care market? Well, I mean, first, before I leave the aged care, obviously, the, 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 we have two versions of the app, the adult app, which is currently used in aged care, and, the, and we're developing now the kids app, which is for pre-verbal children. In terms okay. of the adult app, I mean, it's important to us, we're now entering now into home care with the adult app, 
because obviously the majority of people with dementia are still living at home and probably in the future will more and more will be living at home due to you know the dynamic of the of, of the of the of the dementia um syndrome um we're we're also entering into disability sectors because obviously people with disabilities have the same communication issue and that's seen as a strong growth opportunity um and we're obviously we've already expanded internationally into the uk singapore new zealand and we're doing fda clearance for the us so it's it's really a broad tool for people who cannot verbalize in multiple sectors of the market so aged care is the pivotal point but from that home care um and 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 disabilities and other sectors all areas that that where this is needed and we're starting to see some good traction Okay, so are you tackling the uh, the kids market yet, or is that on the list? Kids market, we've just we just we are going through the clinical study work with kids market. We were doing that in Melbourne at the Melbourne Children's Hospital. That obviously is on hold now during COVID, but we've got an alternative approach. We're using um, with support of Melbourne Kids Hospital. Um, uh, we, we're doing in Europe, um, and so therefore we're targeting to have the children's version, the first version, which would be for children below the age of one, above, say, one month, and below the age of one, the, the infant's version. Um, we're ha- hoping to have that completed and regulated, CMARP and TGA uh, cleared by the end of end of the first quarter calendar 2021. So that's all in progress. Um, and that's that's the size of that market. Well, that's significant. And there is, there's 50 million people with dementia in the world, growing to 75 million. There's something like 300 million children the age of three at any one stage um, and something like the range of 100 million children at any one time um, below the age of one. So the, so the children's market um, is significantly larger than the adult market. Yeah, okay. And now if an infant or toddler is in pain, they will cry, won't they? So that, that's their way of saying they're in pain, but I guess they might be teething or or simply hungry, and uh, as, a, yeah. as a parent, you can't tell the difference. Correct. And I think especially for new parents, majority of those 100 million children born are, are, are I, think, I think, 60 or 70 million are new parents. Um, so so it's, it's really about differentiating. Is my kid crying because of, of teething or because of... Um, of um, hungry, or is are they are they in, in in true pain? So if you look at it, actually, it's quite interesting because um, there are now electronic digital thermometers being used by parents at home by by company by Neurofen. Neurofen are promoting uh, digital thermometers for, for assessing fever at home, and this is all on a, all as an app. Um, so you can you have it on your bed. You put a little patch on your child in their in their bed, uh, and then if, if the temperature goes above a certain level, then your phone goes into alarm. So this is actually part of, a again, a digital revolution of, of how to assess pain, uh, sorry, for fever. What we're doing is we've, we've, we are developing the pain version of this. So the two biggest issues for ch- children is pain and fever. And if you're, neg- if you're negative on both, in other words, you don't have a temperature and you don't have proper pain, in other words, the cry isn't pain, um, then parents can rest easier. If you're positive on both, then obviously parents should make you know the right clinical decisions in terms of seeking help. So I see this as part again of home care. Um, as as the population expands and as you know healthcare becomes more and more more expensive, you know home care is a natural evolution. We've seen it in diabetes monitoring, which I've worked with in many years with Roche. Oh, this yes. is the evolution of home care management. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now you've been in the UK market for uh, for a while now. I uh, I presume that market, um, you know, in a relative sense is uh, sort of three times as big as the Australian market. I'm, I'm just thinking. I think this is probably about their population's three times uh, bigger. So they'd have uh, three times. There's, sort of, there's, there's about 450,000 aged care beds in the UK compared to around 200,000 in Australia. So it's, it's oh, there we go. Okay. roughly yeah, two to three times the size in aged care. But as you say, it's an older population and it's a sort of it's an age, more aging population, should I say. Um, and and um, and yes, you know, we've been in the market for, for just not quite a year. It's been about seven, eight months now. Um, we've got a partner um, there, plus our own operation there. Obviously, we were, we were badly hit by COVID-19 because the UK had a big breakout of it. So that really did slow our progress down initially. But in the last month or two, we've started to see good pickup on sales again um, and good good, um, good inquiries coming from aged care again. Now they're opening up to, 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 to actually look at pain check as a solution for their needs. So the market's picking up nicely there. We've sold also into Singapore. And we've also sold into New Zealand. And again, we're seeing some great, great interest there. I would add we're actually just about to um, go into Canada as well before the end of this year, both into home care and aged care. Um, as, and we're just waiting for our, our regulatory clearance from Canada Health. Yeah, OK. All right. Terrific. And uh, what's your path to uh, profitability? Well, that's an interesting question. I mean, if you just take Australia alone, um, we, we, were just, we, we were looking at this purely as an Australian business. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've probably got to a number of, of um, and we didn't look to expand into kids and international and the US and everywhere else. Then we're probably, we're already probably, we've got enough business, enough, enough beds to be profitable from a local perspective. So it's, we've hit that sort of, that, that number. And what that number really shows you is that it doesn't take a lot to make this business profitable. Um, our goal for the next 18 months is to, is to make, take the adult app and take it into Europe, take it into the US, uh, take it to Canada, uh, and to make it the global, global standard. Um, and then also bring the kids app out uh, initially into Australia and Europe, and then later into the US. And that's what we've geared up for for the next 18 to 24 months. And I think when we, once we get to that level, I think then we're probably the stage of profitability. Okay, great. Well, look, it sounds like uh, you've got the first mover advantage, um, not not just here, but but elsewhere, and you're uh, you're certainly uh, taking taking advantage of it. So uh, that that's terrific, um, Phil. Great great to talk. Um, uh, hopefully, you, you you found the uh, the conversation as as uh, as painless as uh, as I did. <laughs> Um, and um, I uh, look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, look, thank you. Appreciate it. And I would, I would say one thing to Stockhead. I would say thank you because I noticed Stockhead have actually talked about, you know, the digital technologies and recognise that there is a digital revolution going on. It may not be. It, it's. It's. I think there is. You know, this. What we're. What we're doing is leading a charge, and it's great. It's an Australian charge um, to to really bring digital technologies, healthcare technologies, to the marketplace that provides better clinical insights um, for carers. And we can do this in a very cost-effective manner and, you know, and improve, not just improve care, but improve efficiencies in aged care and hospitals and, and home care. Terrific. We appreciate the feedback. All the, all the best, Phil. Appreciate the invitation and, and appreciate the discussion.